This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. I'm Mark Fisher. I'm a partner at Dwayne Morris in its Boston office, and I'm also a lecturer at Suffolk University Law School, where I co-teach the advanced copyright course. Well, it's certainly awkwardly named in order to come up with the word speech. A tortured name was created called Securing the Protection of Our Enduring and Established Heritage, whatever that means. The purpose of the Speech Act is to protect United States authors and publishers against what's called libel tourism. Libel tourism is a kind of esoteric situation in which a U.S. speaker, if you will, says something in a publication, could be the internet, could be a book, that's libelous under the laws of a foreign country. And in that case, the laws of the foreign jurisdiction might not be consistent with our First Amendment values. One reason for that is that only we have our First Amendment. For example, in England, the burden of proof is switched so that the plaintiff actually has a much easier chance of winning a libel case and then under libel tourism, the successful plaintiff takes his or her its judgment and tries to collect it if there aren't sufficient assets in the foreign country back here in the U.S. Well, it's been a fairly small number, fortunately, but if you were a libel plaintiff and you could get personal jurisdiction and venue with regard to a specific media defendant, just to be blunt, the laws of the U.K. are very favorable. It's the land of plaintiff-friendly libel law, to be sure. It really is designed to deal in the United States with people bringing their judgments here to the USA and trying to collect against U.S. assets. This is a fairly rarefied situation, to be clear, because you know major media outlets have substantial assets in the U.K. and other countries. So it's not as if judgments against the major media players can't be enforced in those countries where the litigation takes place. But it might have some impact with regard to individual authors who don't have substantial assets in the UK or other countries, and the plaintiffs come looking to enforce the judgments here. By the way, there are also some state laws on this point already, but this is an attempt to bolster it. The major case really was the Ehrenfeld case involving a book about terrorism and there was a lawsuit in London, and a default judgment was obtained against the defendant. There was a possible threat, if you will, of possibly trying to collect in the U.S., although apparently that never happened. But in response, New York passed a local law, and the general feeling is that if this gets worse, and with regard to U.S. authors, the U.S. ought to do something to protect its authors, particularly since many countries have laws that in one way or another make it easy to win a case on libel or blasphemy or other concepts that are treated very, very differently in the United States. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.